How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carlos scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. We're back for episode 17. Unfortunately, it's another one of those episodes where we get to <laughs> say the Kings lost every game they played this week. And that's terrible and super frustrating. It's awful because like one of the times we said that they played like two games, you know, or something like that. Right. And like losing every game, fine, whatever, it's two games, you know, it happens. But this time it was like four. Yeah, they had many chances. And this time, there were n- none of those games was there like a weird bounce that stole a game from them. There wasn't just like, I mean, there was, they have their share of bad luck because it's the Kings and that's just how they roll. But nothing crazy like that. They were all legitimate losses where they just were not good enough. Yeah, they were just back. not a good team. I think what's frustrating is, well, two of the games, like the. Boston game and the game against the Blue Jackets, like they didn't have possession. They had some defensive breakdowns. And then the Ducks game had one especially weird defensive breakdown where Willie Mitchell lost the guy he was supposed to cover and then chased him around. And Jonathan Quick should have stopped that shot, but he kind of got a little too athletic on the first, like trying to save it and tracking it around as it went behind the net. But the Saturday game against the Ducks, um, part of the stadium series, the Kings dominated in possession. They had plenty of scoring chances. And so that was like a straight up classic Kings loss where they should be the team that's just blowing it out of the water and they actually don't get anything at all. They got shut out. It was bad. Because, yeah, because once again, the Kings cannot buy a goal to save their lives. There were some very key, just like indicative of everything moments. One of them being Dwight King seemingly having having a completely open net and the puck hopping over his stick. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more Kings than that. And... During a power play, Jeff Carter getting the puck, having a lane, and falling down, not tripping over anything. There was nobody who touched him. He just fell. So that's where we're at at this point in the King season. And I am not surprised because like they've once again lost five in a row, and they did that earlier. So it's not like there's anything new here. It's just still sad. And this time, the most um, sort of obvious statement that everyone has talked about is there's going to be a trade sooner rather than later. Yeah. Because something's got to give. Mm-hmm. All right. Just to update you really quick, their record now is 29, 18, and 6. Remember when their record was so impressive? Let's talk about how they've had 29 wins for so long now, it seems like. They'll never break that 30. Uh, it's never going to happen. That's so depressing just to see, like, <laughs> like, for, like at the beginning being like, yeah, the Kings have 29 wins. And now it's just like, oh, the Kings still right. have 29 of them. So um, feel terrible. You probably already do because you've been watching Kings games like us and you hate it. They are still third in the Pacific because despite the fact that the Kings have sucked a lot over the past 30 days, the Canucks and the Coyotes suck more. A little bit of sunshine, I guess. The Canucks have 61 points and one game in hand, so the Kings still have a slight bit of cushion, but they kind of need to turn it around if they want to keep their standing. Although... 
I mean, we'll get into this later, but I don't I don't know. Will it really matter at this point where they are in the standings in terms of like third or if they manage to catch up to the Sharks second, whatever. Their goal differential at one point, I think after that Sharks game that started like right before that first losing streak, they were at like a plus 30. It is now down to a plus 19 goal differential. So as you can see, things trended in the wrong direction just everywhere. Weirdly, they're still ninth in the NHL. That's what that's the most surprising stat to me right there is that as off like the Kings just went through two five uh, game losing streaks and yet still better than over half the teams in the NHL. Yeah, it's crazy. Still in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. That's uh, just absolutely ridiculous. So I guess the Kings were really good at one point, and then everyone else was just spectacularly bad. um, If they they don't have luck on the ice, they do seem to at least have luck in the standings during this rough patch in their season. And I think, obviously, the – I mean, not that this – last month of games hasn't been a test but I think it'll really be a test for the rest of their season if they can still manage to hold that on like they can't lose forever they're gonna win at least a few more games but it'll be interesting to see how many more games they win and of course the big question now that we're past the halfway mark everybody's looking ahead to the playoffs and then what kind of team they'll be then if they make the playoffs which is at that now I'm at that point where I'm like but what if they fall oh no do you think at this point that they're more likely or less likely to make the playoffs? More likely and less likely than when? Just just in general. Like right now, like if you had to say today, will the Kings be in the playoffs um, a few months from now? Do you think they're in it or not? With the way that they're playing right now? Yes, pop probably with a wild card. I, I think I would agree with that, actually. And okay, so here, just before we get into that, um, here would be the their current playoff matchups. They would have the Sharks. If the playoffs were today, they would face the Sharks, but the Sharks would have the home advantage. So here's my thing. Like, they're slipping. They're third, and people want them to do well and, like, stay high in the rankings. But even if they stay third or they jump up and have the second-place spot somehow, they would still have the Sharks, but the Kings would have the home advantage. At this point, not... Obviously, I mean, it's fun to joke that the Kings that are like losing on purpose just to sort of have the ideal place in the standings, but obviously they want to do well. But if they somehow manage to slip down to like a wild card spot, they could have a different matchup. Like if they drop um, enough to get the Ducks in the first round. I mean, not like obviously the Ducks are playing well, but at least a Kings Ducks series would be fun. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be new. awesome to. I would go to every single game. Right, yeah. Because, like, right, uh, like if they drop down to where the um, Canucks are, for instance, then they would face the Ducks in the first round if the playoffs were today. Or it's like they fall and accidentally end up with, like, the Blackhawks again. I don't know. Like, whoever they're fa- they face, it's going to be really bad <laughs> for the Kings with the way that they're playing right now. But I think... Um, if I don't want them to drop to a wild card spot, I want them to just do well so that I feel confident in them and they go deep in the playoffs again. But I mean, I don't know if it matters at this point. If they're in the wild card at all. Yeah, like where they are in the seating. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that really matters anymore. I mean, as long as they're in the playoffs, what, you know, one step at a time is all that I really care about. Um, now when they get in the playoffs, do you have any faith whatsoever that the Kings would make it out of the first round. Oh, once again, the way that they're playing right now, absolutely not. Um, 
And also, I suppose, depending on the matchups, really the only team that scares me are the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of seeing them in the playoffs, everyone else, I mean, the, they've beat the Sharks before, they've beat the Blues before, you know, so on and so forth. The Ducks, it's kind of a, a wild card there. But uh, with the way they are right now, no, I don't think that they could make it out unless they try to... Well, even then, um, the Ducks-Kings game was extremely aggressive. Like, that's part of the Kings' strength, but it still didn't help them. Right. You know, they still lost that game. So at this point, like, if they're playing poorly and they can't, like, you know, use their big physicality and they don't have good defense, like, I don't know how they're going to get out of the first round. No, I, I, at this point, I have absolutely no faith that they would make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And... (laughs) And I'm not even sad about it because I kind of feel like I'm ready for a little bit of a shift with this team. After the game last night, like a lot of people were disappointed and frustrated. And I think that's obviously totally valid. Nobody wants to see them lose over and over again. But I was talking to a couple friends who I had gone with and the Kings had a lot of scoring trouble in 2011, 2012. They got Daryl Sutter, they made some trades and their scoring didn't pick up right away, but they got things together enough that in time for the playoffs they took off a little bit more Jonathan Quick was really strong stage they won this cup in this way that nobody expected and then last season even though they had a slow start by the end of the season they had like league average um, shooting percentage and they had great possession numbers were top defensive team so this is really the first time that a system that won this franchise the Stanley Cup has failed them like so consistently it's kind of like, all right, you know, Dean Lombardi has relied on keeping the cup core together and trying to keep things the same and whatnot because it's been working. But now I kind of feel like, you know what, I'm tired of seeing Tyler Toffoli not in the lineup. I want to see some of that identity change. It's great if you have all of this possession, but I kind of feel like something in the way you're executing it is broken. We shouldn't be praying to be league average. Like, right, yeah. um, at this point, I'm just like, God, please please let us just be middling. Yeah. Please let us just not be terrible. Let the Kings be good um, enough. Yeah. I mean, they kept it because it worked. I mean, it worked in 2012 and it brought them extremely far. Um, I mean, we you could always see where the weakness lay mm-hmm. in, in the Kings system, but it brought them far last year or last season. But now, I mean, here's like another season in a row where it's not working and something needs to change. And, yeah, it's extremely frustrating knowing that you have good goal scorers that are not getting time. You have all of these players who are tops in the in the league in the AHL, and they're not getting, you know, some time. They're not getting ice time. So that's frustrating when it's so close yet so far. I mean, kind of the challenge that Dean Lombardi has, for instance, is, all right, it's maybe starting to look like some things need to be shaken up again. What do you change first? The rumors are he's going to try to figure out the defense, which makes sense because you've got uh, more defensemen who are older and, you know, it's kind of, it was in transition last season, like with Willie Mitchell out, now Willie Mitchell's back, but he's still like an older guy and... Matt Green can't seem to stay healthy ever. Yeah, so take care of that first and then I guess take care of the scoring part second, but I don't even think you need necessarily to like I don't think you're going to acquire one player who's going to fix the problem if the Kings still have a system where they shoot from the perimeter all the time and don't really get enough rebounds or I feel like sometimes when I watch them they're so into being a defensive controlling team um, with the puck that they back off of plays before they should just like a couple seconds too soon oh I I 
I agree 100% with that. It is the most frustrating thing to watch them not be aggressive um, with the offense and immediately just uh, dial back into defense. Yeah, it's like, oh, the opposing player got it on his stick for one second. Let's start skating backwards. I'm glad that you're really good at defense, but I definitely just, I feel like there's something in the system that needs to shift a little bit and maybe not even a whole lot. Just like, just try something a little more fundamental uh, or try changing something a little more fundamental rather than just like changing lines constantly because clearly that's not working and you know the power play is still terrible so there I think it's more a system thing that has to shift I think the system has become a little more of a hindrance at this point and they kind of need to figure out what to do there I agree that something needs to change kind of at the base level and not just you know the the like game to game things like you were saying with with line changes something a little bit deeper needs to needs to adjust to get the kings you know back where they 100% can be okay yeah cuz i think the thing you know obviously just like the standings show they're not a bad team like they're the record that they put up before that first five game losing streak was not like it wasn't like the blues where they had a player like alexander steen who was just scoring goals on goals on goals and they were just like winning games and it wasn't like the ducks where you had a couple of players who were you know scoring goals and bailing them out of situations they were lucky for a stretch with not even on martin jones's run because they were scoring a lot of goals then but that ben scrivens uh, the patch where he had the two shutouts in a row or whatever, where they were having a goal-scoring drought then, and he kept them in those games and stole a couple games for them. But for the most part, those wins were put together just from a lot of hard work, grinding it out, overpowering teams, and that is a part of their identity, and they do it really, really well, and it has worked for them, but I think you can clearly see that when they get in these patches like this, they don't seem to know or haven't yet figured out how to adjust the system to get them out of it. And I, I, I'm hoping that they figure it out. And because I don't think they have to change a lot. They're, they're, they're a great team. They've figured out how to go from a team that you don't have any expectations for whatsoever to a team that you're like, all right, I see plenty of potential here. You have a lot of skill. They outshot the Ducks in the Saturday game. In the first period, they outshot them 20 to 7. Jesus. That's not, an, that's not an accident, you know? So it's like if you could figure out how to change a little bit about your game and the way that you execute those shots or whatever to actually get some goals out of them, you're going to be golden. And that's the piece that they just haven't been able to put together. When will that day come? I hope sooner rather than later because, I mean, it's a fairly young team, but, like, the core is not, like, 25. They're... Uh, it will not be very long before some of the people that we consider key components are on the wrong side of their ability, I guess. <laughs> Goodbye, Sasky boy, Robin McGear. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, your dear sweet ears and your tunnel of death. One thing I was thinking about, speaking of people who are scoring or not, is that <laughs> Trevor Lewis, I don't know, it probably doesn't count as a point streaks now because he didn't really get anything last night, but couple games ago he had like four points in his last five games or something like that and I was thinking those all happened while Diane was in Utah I'm telling you I should just live here apparently <laughs> because when I step foot in Utah Trevor Lewis does things and then when I come back to California it'll be another like one goal in you know 20 games <laughs> the end of Trevor Lewis yep that's too bad uh, aside from the score I'll just talk about the stadium series in general I went up to Dodger Stadium I didn't have 
like any reception up there. It was really cool. I thought looking at that like apocalyptic rendering of what this baseball <laughs> field was supposed to look like, that it could be kind of a mess. I thought it was going to be super tacky, but it, instead uh, you said it looks great. Yeah, yeah. It looked awesome. I think even the stuff that was ridiculous, like people doing yoga during one of the intermissions, <laughs> was weird, but actually not as... A, because it's like over in this one particular area of the field, it's not like here's a spotlight on some people doing yoga. <laughs> but it, it just was, you know, part of the atmosphere, which is what they wanted, you know, what they said they were going to go for. And I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, I still had to watch Kiss, who I don't care about, but it was fine. What was really cool was seeing the King's videos and whatnot that I've seen on the Jumbotron plenty of times on the screens there. The thing that everybody's going to talk about, of course, is that we'll never know what it was, what it would be like to hear a King's goal horn in Dodger Stadium. Oh no, that's so yeah. sad. I feel like they just should have, and they didn't even like play the goal horn like they do before each period. Yeah. And I feel like they should have just done that. So I at least know what it would have sounded like, but they didn't even do that. Give us so, something. Yeah. The highlight of that game for me, because there were no goals scored by Kings players, was Jonathan Quick taking offense to Kyle Palmieri basically crashing into him. He and Alex Martinez were kind of, you know, right on each other and uh, Martinez pushed Kyle Palmieri a little bit, but then they both toppled into the net and Jonathan Quick took major offense to it. Immediately fo followed Palmieri and started pushing him up against the glass and whatnot. That was amazing. I was like, <laughs> price of admission. What a great day. <laughs> oh, that is very uh, Chanel typical right there. That was so good. But I do love, and I do love how ready he is to throw down because immediately like the second the whistle blew, he just like won like two strides and was there, which is like, you could see him like about to Z snap. Oh yeah. He wants to get into a fight so badly. I know. Nobody will fight him. Right. Ray Emery will fight him. <laughs> oh no. I was listening to the uh, Kingsmen podcast and they were talking about John. It seems like Jonathan Quick wants to get in a fight more than he wants to score, score a goal in the NHL. And of course, with his luck, because nobody will fight him, watch the one person he does get to fight is Ray Emery. And that's like the one person who will like beat the crap out of him. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out that like Jonathan Quick is actually just like extremely wily and can throw some punches. I, I think he would be a good fighter, but Ray Emery legit is a boxer. Yeah. So I... He would be... I, a, okay, Jonathan Quick would be a good fighter for a goalie. Yeah. Like he'd be a... He'd do well in a goalie fight. In any fight, Ray Emery would beat everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, John, yeah, put Jonathan Quick up against anybody else. He seems like the kind of dude, like a no mercy kind of fighter, like anything goes. So in that way, I think he would come out on top. Like, people wouldn't be expecting it. And he would, like, you know, do kind of like uh, Bernier did and get his arm free, just make sure that he has full advantage. I feel like also John Quick's other advantage seems to be from the little things that people have said that he talks a lot of shit and is kind of good at it. So it's it's partly mental as well. But yeah, put him in with someone like Emery who is an actual boxer, it, he probably doesn't stand a chance. Oh, that would be delightful if he just like skated up to the line and it's just like hollering on the other side of the ice to the other goalie and then eventually like a line brawl breaks out and so then they go for it too. So <laughs> and then he's like as he's just like punching the shit out of someone um, is also just like scolding them. That's why I've always wanted to have him mic'd up during pretty much any game, or but especially a game where it gets a little chippy and he starts like mouthing off at people. Like, what did he say? Would he like 
through that puck at Logan Couture in like the last playoff run. What did he really say to uh, Jimmy Howard? I need to know the exact wording because apparently he's a big, uh, big, big shit talker. And I want to know what it is. I also want to know because eventually somebody's going to hit him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really need to know which word set it off. Uh, I really appreciate people who are excellent shit talkers. Me too. I love it. I, I, I find that a very admirable quality in a person. So yeah. So that was a highlight for me personally. I don't know about other people. I mean, it's not like they had a whole lot of highlights to choose from. Like so much so that King's Vision clipped that and put it online. I... Yeah, obviously I am still in Utah, and which is why Trevor Lewis is doing well, and <laughs> did not go to the stadium uh, series game, and I did not watch it either. But um, if one of the clips that the King Vision that King's Vision puts out is about a moth, um, there it's they're, a rough time. It was it was slim pickings for entertaining uh, King's related things. Yeah, yeah, rough rough night. Like of all the games for that to happen in, you know, like not that King's game, games are typically high scoring games or anything like that, but just to like produce nothing offensively, wrong night for that to happen. Yep. And uh, shout out to Dodger Stadium, apparently, for running out of beer. <laughs> yeah. Their beer-sponsored stadium series has run out of beer. How embarrassing. I didn't even have any beer because when I got there, you know, the lines and stuff were already so long that I was like, I don't have time for this. I don't even like people that much. Oh, well, they should have been better prepared. People like to drink at sporting events. Who would have thought? Speaking of standing in line for alcohol, for I was at a thing last night and I stood in line at a bar or like for a drink. For a good 30 minutes. Oh, really? Because that's how, uh, like, crowded it was. It's the worst. So it's like you were at the stadium series. It was. And then I just got three <laughs> drinks um, so that I would never have to go there uh, in the future. That's how you do it. Um, I'm very good at dancing around people while holding three drinks. If only I could do that with uh, a stick and a puck, then that might be a little bit more impressive. I don't think any, I don't think there are many hockey players who could do that either at this point. Um, especially not with how much I watched like Kings players fall down yesterday. So uh, yeah, when you said that uh, Jeff Carter fell down, I was like, wait, but that's Mike Richards' job. Oh, I know that fall was so heartbreaking. <laughs> I don't not and it, luckily it didn't lead to um, an immediate like breakout for the Ducks, and they didn't get a goal off of it or anything. It seemed like it could be that kind of moment where something unfortunate like that happens, and then there's a goal in the net. It didn't, but just in that moment watching it, because the Kings were cycling the puck on a power play and should have been generating chances, and that could have been a really good one. Just watching him fall down over nothing was sad. It's, it's such a bummer. Um, but not that that was even the thing that took like the wind out of Kings fans' sails. I think that was, if not obviously the two goals against really early, it was Andre Kopitar missing on the penalty shot. Well, not missing, but you know, not scoring on the on the penalty shot. And what a treat that would have been, you know? I know. It's an outdoor game, you know, Andre Kovatar is a star, and you know that he has, like, a wicked shot, and if he had gotten that past the orange, uh, that would have been delightful. Yeah. He had a breakaway, too, and I think kind of, you know, pretty much attempted about the same type of shot. It didn't go in, and so, and still he was, like, one of the best players on the ice, but it's like, come on, can anybody get anything in the net? No, is the answer. I've already answered it. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. I'm tired of talking about the fact that the Kings can't score goals. I, I need something to change. At this point, I do not care who gets traded. I mean, okay, that's, that's a bold face lie, but um, 
sort of. I don't care who gets traded. I just need them to score some more goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of getting to that place where it's like, I obviously care if they trade one of the players that I really like, but it's like, I would rather be sad about that than continue to exist in this state of, well, we don't know what's going on and nothing's changing. Yeah, this is pretty terrible. So now that the outdoor game has happened, it has passed, it was epic and also disappointing. Now that that's over, the Kings have to close out January, a month that has been mostly disastrous for them in terms of wins. And their last three games are not simple. They are against the Sharks at, you know, in San Jose, and then against the Coyotes, and then they come back to Staples Center, finally, for a game against the Penguins. The Penguins also got shut out yesterday by the Stars. Who knows what what both teams will look like by the time they play each other on Thursday, but interesting because I feel like their story is a little similar. The Penguins are overall doing a little better, but similar in that they're both teams who should be doing a lot better than they actually are right now. So that'll be fun. It's going to be tough. The Kings lose against the Ducks, and it's like, well, let's look forward to the next one. Oh, wait, it's the Sharks in San Jose. And then it's like a back-to-back in Phoenix. Yeah. And then it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, no, I think from here on out, there's not really any easy, easy games. Because then there's Philly, like, going through to February, or at least before the uh, the Olympic break, there's Philly, and then Chicago, and then the Blue Jackets. And considering the Blue Jackets scored five goals on <laughs> right. um what we might have thought from the beginning of the season was going to be an easy game is potentially awful. Yeah, it's it's looking rough. I mean, you can't call the Kings season a wash yet, but um, it, it's it's hard to have too much confidence with the way they're looking now and with the schedule that they have left. So we shall see what happens. Maybe there will be a big trade that turns things around and at least will be interesting because of the craziness of it. I don't know. Dean Lombardi's going to make a move at some point. Oh, I hope it's soon. I hope like the second we stop recording this, something gets announced. <laughs> we'll see you guys. And um, I mean, that's pretty much all we have this week. So thanks for listening. Sorry about all of it being like bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully if the Kings do keep losing, at least um, let's hope it's some exciting tough losses that they try really hard for. Maybe they'll score a few more goals and we can at least be happy about that. Maybe they'll actually win one. I don't know. Catch you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. If you're not following us on Twitter, we're at ThanksBud or individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at Diane Fan, aka Diane Fan. That's me. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher, whichever one of those you prefer to listen to. Catch you next week. It's been fun, if sad. So sad. (laughs) Goodbye.